Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Powerslide Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. Could you say Electric Slide Kowalski instead? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, power is a hacker thing. Electricity is it's not a hacker thing. Nope. <laughs> it is, though. It, weird, it. Weirdly... No, I'm looking here at Hacker Wiki, and it says no. All the electric Pokemon are hackers. Ooh. This is an interesting avenue to explore. So when we expand the Detective Pikachu universe into including other um, careers for Pikachu, Hacker will be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want... No, listen. I don't want more... Pikachu-centric m- media. There's already too much. I want Magneton the hacker as mm. the next movie. <laughs> the way he hacks is he just magnetically erases all the computers. <laughs> I mean, that would be a very effective means of hacking, yes. Su- super effective? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, nice. So, welcome to Someone's PC, a Pokemon yeah. podcast. Yeah! We're okay, bringing which it back. Pokemon would be the best at hacking, though? Electabuzz? <sighs> right got you? fingers, that helps. Alakazam, because Wait. of his high IQ. He's not electric-type, <laughs> Jeff! Yeah, no. It doesn't Come matter. Come on! No! Okay, it has to be an electric-type? That yes! was the, the base premise of this conversation. <laughs> uh, Rotom. He'll just let you possess the computer. It's not bad, mm, although yeah. he doesn't have fingers, and I feel like you'd want him. You don't need Geodude, fingers when you're... If when you want somebody with fingers, Geodude is also... Is a finger. The is fact a that fucking Geodude can be electric-type can go straight to hell. I love it. What is that, uranium? Is that why? <laughs> it's so not fun. Only no, it's magnets. He, yeah, not only is he electric, he's also ground, which stops other people from hacking into him. He's the perfect hacker. Uh, no, the, uh, I'm pretty sure the Alolan one is rock and electric, not ground well, and electric. fine, fine. You can't hack into rocks, it works, it works out great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that hacking is the verb that you use for when you break ro- <laughs> break up rocks, actually. No, that's mining. <laughs> yeah, I think that's mining, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, all those Chilean hackers got rescued. Right. <laughs> oh my god, actually, that would be, you know they've been looking for a way to save the, the, the coal mining industry, and I think we've found oh. Yeah. yeah, that's what we needed to do on our podcast. The coal hacking industry in, in <laughs> Appalachia. So good, actually. <laughs> oh, God. You know, if they had changed fracking, which is an unpleasant word, to hacking, people might be more accepting of it. It would have been very confusing, which actually would have helped them, I think, if people were like, wait, okay, we support some kinds of hacking like Anonymous does, but not the kind of hacking that Exxon does. And also, not all the hacking that Anonymous does, because yes, they're racist. Yeah, <laughs> Do they do racist hacking? Is that... I think so, and also I don't want to get into it in case they're listening. Mm, that's yeah. true. Well, they... no, I think I think that... Yeah, I don't want to make... I guess you're right. We shouldn't <laughs> take any stance, just in case. Uh, I read an interview a couple years ago with someone who was, like, a prominent uh, person behind a lot of the, like, operations that Anonymous did back in the, like, mid-2010s, mm-hmm. and they said uh, that they're not, there isn't really anyone who does that anymore, um, yeah. because they were split pretty much down the middle about uh, the 2016 election. <sighs> yeah, that's what cool. I figured. Yep. Uh, it was, like, a bunch of people were like, yes, this is good, and the rest of them were like, no, that's what we were fighting by hacking before, so... They stopped doing it. It's very funny to me how often groups or, like, media that was created specifically to fight against and mock a thing becomes 
embraced by that thing. I'm looking at you, uh, Beavis and Butthead, or uh, South okay. Park, or Rick and Morty. Oh, yes. Uh, what did Beavis I, and Butthead do? <laughs> what are you saying now about Beavis and Butthead? Beavis and Butthead... I, I'll I believe... defend... I'll take Beavis and Butthead uh, to the mat. I'll defend them. I'll go to the Listen, mat for them. I get why some people like it. I do think Mike Judge is a very funny guy, and he has very good ideas for things. I personally find it to be unbelievably stupid and terrible. Um, oh, sure, but I thought you meant it was fascist, specifically. No, 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 not fascist, okay. but it was created to mock a okay. certain, like... Uh, segment of society, and that segment is the biggest fans of it. I think it really, it was specifically made to just mock music videos, and it did an excellent job, and it was hilarious, and we all enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just think, I remember last last night we were watching a Je- uh, Jeopardy we recorded from a couple days ago, and, um... Okay, Grandpa. Yeah, well... <laughs> just, watch, just watch it on Netflix up. like the rest of us. Uh, we watched all the ones on Netflix, which is why we had to start DVRing <laughs> the ones that come on at 7pm when everyone is busy working because we don't have... We have four jobs anyway. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, one of the categories was TV spinoffs, and the question was about Daria, and Jen didn't know that Daria was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, and I was like, oh, yeah. Daria was a really good show, and it, it's... It kind of taints it that it's a spin-off of the really not good show Beavis and Butthead. Eh, Beavis and Butthead was fine. It was just a proto form of whatever comedy was going to become. I really uh, like Beavis and Butthead Do America. I think that's a good movie. I guess, but Beavis and Butthead, I feel like the kind of person who loves Beavis and Butthead enough to like still today have a Beavis and Butthead t-shirt is also the kind of person who identifies with the Proud Boys. You know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know now, if you see the pattern. Define Beavis and Butthead t shirt. Is it a t shirt with Beavis and Butthead on it? Or is is it a, a blue t shirt? Is it a blue t shirt with Metallica handwritten on it? Like <laughs> what like about Beavis what about Wires? one of those black t shirts that you can get from AC Moore with iron on letters that just says Beavis and Butthead but spelled wrong? <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Uh, I'd be okay with that. One thing I really like about Beavis and Butthead is on the t- on the TV show they went one of them wears an ACDC shirt and the other one mm-hmm. wears a Metallica shirt. On all of their merchandise, they have on different t-shirts because they couldn't license those names for merchandise. <laughs> Beavis's t-shirt, uh, it's very funny. Beavis's shirt just says Death Rock. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so we've identified yeah. another... I mean, every issue, two of us are on one side and one of us is on the other, so... Oh, it's I like one of those fair. one of those flip-around issues where if you flip it upside down, it's about Spider-Man instead of the Punisher. <laughs> sure. Yeah, two of us are on one side of the issue and the other one is on the other. Oh, yeah, Louise is a diehard physical... uh, Punisher stan, we all know. Yeah, you mean the physical comics, but you said yeah, the yeah. of the issue. I'm uh-huh. like, who's against Spider-Man? For the Punisher, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, he would be friends with the Punisher. Wouldn't yeah, he, he would he definitely would. hire the Punisher to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> he probably did. He definitely hired. Uh, what was that guy? The Hunter, Craven. Craven the Hunter. He created the, the Spider Slayers. I would not. Outfit. I would be. I don't know. I know Punisher's first appearance was as a Spider-Man villain. I would be willing to bet that uh, J. Jonah Jameson had something to do with that. Hmm. You know, it's impossible to all know. My, all my minor comic references, like Graven the Hunter, are from just looking at hilarious comic book covers from like the 60s. So I don't know what he is now, but I remember he had that lion head costume, and that was hilarious. 
Oh yeah, he he looks like some kind of old timey circus bodybuilder, but with a vest made of out of the face of a lion. <laughs> yes, I like that. Uh, have you, Louisa, have you ever read any of the um, Ryan North run on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl? No, she um, is that the one that's drawn so ugly that I hate even yeah. seeing stills from it? Okay, yeah, no, I don't, and I wouldn't. Stills. It's a shame because I do think that you would you would like the tone of it, but you're mm-hmm. right that it is very ugly. Mm, you're yeah. both you're both wrong. I we, I know we gotta Ugh. stick with the formula. So have you ever seen any of those screenshots of her face? It looks all fucking melted. Like she's uh, what's his name from the Goonies? Sloth. You need yeah, to stop referring to pictures of a static comic book. No, I won't. Screenshots. I won't do that. It is a screenshot. It's on a screen. No, <laughs> I got you there. Cartoon. It's cartooning. <laughs> it's supposed to. It's fun. <laughs> Everything's great. Is it really hot where you guys are? I don't feel sick. Is this the podcast equivalent of going yeesh and pulling on your collar? (laughs) Uh, Louisa, what got you through this week? Uh, I have been watching a lot of uh, Gail and Gilbert on YouTube, which I know is a fan of. I don't know if Jeff watches that, but... uh, Uh, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of it, despite being familiar with the work of both hosts and enjoying both of them. Yeah, oh, so man. they're streams, and I think they stopped doing this like a year ago, because everything's a year or two years old, but each yes. one's like an hour and a half, so if I'm working on something else or eating, like, it's just nice to have on, and they're just talking. They've, they've teased possibly bringing it back, and like, I think it was the the most popular Twitch stream Polygon has ever done, so I really hope they do. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun, and they just talk, and they play a game, and they always have some weird conceit, like they play the game ARMS, but then they have to do ASMR when somebody loses, and it's very fun. ASMR. So the, the yeah, whole of it is that they wanted to do drinking games, but they didn't want to drink on on Twitch, so they have, like, drinking game rules for every game that they do, but then they have to do something else stupid. Yeah, it's great. Um, there was the, the one that started it all where they had to eat a strawberry every time they died and Celeste <laughs> looked very punishing. Yeah, I've seen that one. It sounds uh, great until like you're in, in a dozen and then it's not so great anymore. That yeah. sounds like one of those safe for work pornos from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess, I guess so. Hmm. <laughs> I do like that every single episode they get their little, like, video effects board wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a uh, whole match of arms, which I was watching last night, where they the entire time they're playing, the camera stays on them because they forgot to switch it back to the gameplay. Yes. So you just hear them being like, oh, you look, you got, like, a rocket thing there, and yeah. just seeing them the whole time. And they're so embarrassed <laughs> when they realize yeah. what happened. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch uh, the E3? Um, uh, what am I saying? The E3 like press conferences that they did with the same sort of thing this past E3? I did, but when I was watching that one, I was a bit distracted. I don't remember much of it. I feel like I need to see it again. Yeah, it was pretty good. There, yeah. The fact that he was eating a slice of kielbasa every time <laughs> somebody did one of the things, and then they were like, we have to start sitting further away from you because you stink like meat. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Very good. Yeah, that's something that I guess is a new phenomenon even with podcasts, where it's just nice to be going about your business, but other people are having a pleasant conversation you can listen to? Yeah, I really appreciate the fact that I feel like uh, Brian Gilbert is like, and and Patrick Gill also, although he's less prolific on as a personality on videos, but mm-hmm. both of them seem like nice, funny weirdos, but 
they are never going to say something that really makes me upset. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're never going to be like, mm, people have too many gender pronouns now. Like, yes, they are not exactly. going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 nice to have people who play video games as their job, and they're, they, mm-hmm. never, they never have to post a video apologizing for using a gamer word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the instance where he did that joke, where Brian Gilbert did that joke about having a mustache and a haircut, and then he said that you don't own me or my body, that really sold me. I was like, I'll watch everything you do from now on. <laughs> that was very good. So, are there any YouTube videos that you guys will watch that are an hour and a half long, and still you're like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this? Yes, and you guys are gonna make fun of me. Okay. Yeah, you start first, because I, I have to think about it. Okay, so before I go into this, I want to say that you guys probably either haven't heard of this or you've heard of it and you are shocked. So that's going to happen. Okay, I'm it's- ready. Have you guys heard of a, a YouTube celebrity called Safia Nygaard? No. No, but it sounds like I don't want to know. <laughs> so she is a like mid-twenties YouTuber, um, and she is very popular with teenage girls, which is probably why I like her. Anyway. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. I have the sensibilities of a teenage girl. Okay. Um, But she basically (laughs) just does a lot of um, videos of things like, she did one where she bought every color of lipstick at CVS and melted them all together. (laughs) Gross. Uh, And she did one where she bought, she quote-unquote bought anything that was free if you paid for shipping on the shopping site Wish and then did a fashion show. Um, It's very funny. She has a good sense of humor about things and is willing to do very dumb things. And it's just a fun show of, like, a pleasant person doing something stupid. That's nice. I do like that genre. Yep. It's like uh, nihilism, but not in a destructive way, where you can watch somebody else like buy every lipstick and melt them together, but you don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah she did. She did one that was um, every candle at Bath and Body Works, <laughs> and then melting them all together to figure out what the like m- medium smell of them all was. <laughs> so she likes to melt stuff, is what I'm hearing. Yes, I mean most of her things are in some way buying every version of something that is aimed at women, and then mm-hmm. tr- like. Combining them all together and seeing what happens. This is pretty good. This again sounds like a safe for work fetish video. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it is, but I do think that there's a decent portion of her fan base who just likes watching her try on clothes, which is a little bit disturbing to me. Yeah, probably. Just the new upload. Farts into pile of melted lipstick. No. no. <laughs> Although there was one where she baked a cake with lipstick. And then it. sat on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a good show. I actually, I really enjoy it as like a background thing. Alright, maybe I'll get uh, into that one. My long YouTube video is generally I have to, uh, experience some kind of long creepypasta that I don't want to read for my other podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I did do one on YouTube just because it had a lot of images and the YouTube video incorporated the images where they were in the written version. Uh, and that was two hours and 46 minutes long, and I hated every moment of it. Okay, that's exactly the opposite of what I asked, which okay. is <laughs> when you go to YouTube and you want something, and you're like, oh, this is an hour and a half. Good. I am looking forward to this being as long mm-hmm. as it is. Uh, I did. I guess I watched those um, those 
reviews of Star Wars that were very long. Okay. Oh, the the red letter media ones. Yeah, the ones that have I would say not aged uh, very well, but they were kind of tasteless when they came out. Uh, yeah. The criticism <laughs> is very good, but it's intercut with an insufferable character doing uh, misogynist jokes. Yes, yeah. I'm surprised that that is still a thing. Like red letter media still does review videos, and the guy who does them still kind of does those jokes. Not quite as bad, but I'm still yeah. like, you don't have to. Yes. You're good. You're a good movie critic. Stop. It's really yeah. weird. I didn't watch the video, but apparently he tore apart the Last Jedi in the same way, and it's like you can't really compare. The episode one to episode eight in any way that's fair, because one was made by a maniacal lunatic who no one could tell <laughs> no to, and the other was made by, like, a filmmaker who at least tries stuff. Um, like, Looper was bad, but he tried stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. Like, Looper was not bad in the same way the Star Wars prequels were bad, where they were just, like, poorly made and didn't yeah, hang right. together Looper as films. Was worse. <laughs> uh, I genuinely think that because Star Wars, the episode one, was made for children, and so yeah, that's it's not fair. for me, so fine. It has to but be, yeah. A film made for adults for should be better. <laughs> Looper was specifically for me. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt and complicated time travel movies. And you're a white man between the ages of 18 and yes. 35 at the time. Pander to me, goddammit! I yelled, running out of the theater and hurling my box of GGBs into the uh, lobby floor. Yeah, Looper had me really worried for uh, Last Jedi, but then now I think it's probably my favorite Star Wars. So Looper? Uh, no, Last Jedi. <laughs> I was like so. I was so. I was like, oh, the guy making Looper is doing a Star Wars. That is like flip a coin whether it's going to be awful or good. I think my favorite Star Wars is probably Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Oh yeah, okay. you're into it now, huh? Tell, <laughs> tell us about the first episode. That yeah, is that gonna, that's your thing I this just week. Finish the first episode. <laughs> uh, this isn't my thing that got me through the week, but I'll. Mm, go then I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say the theme song to the show is that song in the year 2525, but oh, with different no. lyrics. Oh, fuck. Why? How can you do that? <laughs> That's not okay. No. The lyrics are kind of the message of that song, and if you take them away, the tune is terrible. Yeah. In the year 2525, there are women trying to survive is now the uh, lyrics. What? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. so bad, and, like... The main character, Cleopatra, is a stripper from 2001 who uh, got frozen for 500 years <laughs> during a breast augmentation surgery. Oh, man. That's I, very insane. I kept on being like, is there any way for me to tell if this show is a parody yeah. <laughs> of something? <laughs> I uh, don't know like if there it. is. But I did find out that the executive producer was Sam Raimi, so like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> That's why it sucks. Oh. Can we ever escape Sam Raimi on this podcast? Oh my god, I hate him so much, and I can't, <laughs> I'm constantly stunned by how many people like his terrible movies. Uh, Gina Torres sings the theme song, that's fun. Yeah, this is like she's the main character, yeah. Sam Fishburne's, no, Lawrence Fishburne's wife, uh, and respected actress. This was okay. this was literally this show like she got this show got canceled and she immediately booked Firefly. Yes, that's very fun. 
I mean, she's playing kind of the same character that she does in Firefly. <laughs> I don't yeah. know who that is. I need to look her up. Like, I know the name, but I don't... Uh, I she was she was Lawrence Fishburne's wife on Hannibal, too, in addition to real life. Help me. I never saw Hannibal. What? Oh, it's so good. It's about cooking and murder, your favorite subjects. <laughs> I see pictures of her now. She's very beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. Uh, you, yeah, didn't, you didn't you watch Firefly? You have watched Firefly. She's in Westworld. Where the hell? Oh, yeah. Right? Who is she in Westworld? Wait, is she in Westworld? It says she is. Maybe upcoming. I don't know. I don't remember. Was she in season two, which was boring, and I don't remember anything that happened? You shut up. It was good. It It was very good. Lauren (laughs) in two episodes. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, season two was worse than season one, but contained the best two episodes of the series, so it's a mixed bag. I think I gave up after a couple episodes of season two. I really should go back and try to power through it. Yeah, those ads for season three, I think we already talked about them, but I was blown away by how cool it was that they made you think that was a totally different show, and then at the end, you're like, it's Westworld again. Oh, yeah. genius. Yeah, I, did, I still didn't watch the trailer because every time I go to watch trailers, my roommates who haven't seen Westworld yet are home and in the same room as me. Yeah. So there's really no excuse to have not seen any Westworld yet if you ever plan on seeing Westworld. Mm, I don't know. It seems like it would be boring because it's about cowboys. Yeah. No, it's about video games is what it's about, and you would love it. <laughs> it's about murder robots. Yeah. Yeah, this is now we're talking directly. Now we're talking directly to one audience member, and it's Chris. Chris, you have to watch Westworld. Yeah, Chris, come on, get on board, or just resign yourself to never watching it. That's an option too. That's fine. (laughs) Nope, you have to. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, the thing that got me through the week though was uh, I had a very long car trip for work this week. I had to drive up to Boston and back. And With so no I listened- AC, as you told us. What's that? With no AC, as you told us. Yes. No AC, so that was pretty rough. Um, and so during that time, I listened to the entirety of season two of This Sounds Serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. podcast that Dave Shumka wrote and I've produced. i uh, That is a parody of Serial. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I think is so amazing about this show is that it does reference humorously many other shows and, like, true crime podca- podcasts in general, but also it genuinely has a mystery in it that you can solve, and, like, there are lots of clues that are put in in ways where it, like, it's subtle enough that you may not pick up on it right away, mm-hmm. and that's, it's very good. It's very well written. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought the mystery was much worse this season than it was in the first season. Oh, really? I thought that the mystery in season one was mostly a joke because it was so obvious what the solution was going to be from episode one, minute one. But it, it tied up so neatly, whereas this one didn't. Yeah, the, yes. the impact of the mystery in season one I did like more because I thought, like, despite the fact that the ending was predictable, the way they, like, revealed it was very chilling. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the twist at the end of season one was more satisfying because there were so many jokes throughout season one that I thought were just jokes, and then they mm-hmm. turned out to be very important to understanding the twist. Yes. So even though the actual twist was pretty telegraphed, like, the stuff about the cult was mm-hmm. actually way more important than I thought it was going to be. And very funny yeah. and entertaining. <laughs> yes, it's a funny joke, and then later on it's very important to a kind of chilling reveal, which is yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, yeah I the... didn't get that same feeling with the season two stuff. I mean, the, the origami penguin thing was pretty, uh, pretty good, mm-hmm. but it definitely wasn't as 
shopping. Yeah, I don't want to reveal anything for listeners who want to listen to that, but uh, near the end of the second season, a large new piece of evidence comes to light, which really gives you an idea about some of the things that are going on, but the way it's revealed after the investigator starts to find out information, I thought it was a plant at first, this new evidence, and then it wasn't, yeah. and like it gave me a weird, like unsatisfied feeling about that. It felt like they rushed through the, the very end of it, because... At the beginning of the last episode, they've only just found this new piece of evidence, and you're like, mm-hmm. how are they going to wrap this up? And they they, yeah. they don't, really. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, enjoy it. It doesn't wrap up very well, but I felt very pulled along and compelled by the mystery throughout, so I was mm-hmm. a little more willing to forgive that, especially because I guess I wasn't really expecting a comedy show to have a satisfying conclusion to its mystery. Yeah. yeah. I was a bit confused this season with, uh, they pepper in real ads for things that are their sponsors with fake ads, and the fake ads are very funny, but I can't always tell when something's going to be a fake ad or a real ad, and it was very confusing to me. I didn't yeah. like that they broke kayfabe in some of the ads and were yeah. like, this show is fake, but you can listen to this other <laughs> show that's real. I don't like that. It uh, is very weird to advertise for your actual true crime podcast on a podcast talking about, yeah. like, humorously <laughs> mocking how terrible true crime, crime podcasts are. Jeff, I agree with you, but I feel like they had to do that as insurance, because if you go and look at their iTunes reviews, there's so many, like, three-star reviews where people are like, this was really good and entertaining, and I enjoyed it a whole lot, but I didn't realize it was fake. So three mm, stars. Dumb. <laughs> I really... <laughs> I like how Hello from the Magic Tavern does it, where all of the warnings about how it's uh, fictional are tied into the fiction as someone trying to cover up the fact that it's real. It's too complicated, though. (laughs) And as much as I think Hello from the Magic Tavern is funny, they get... They are way too uh, impressed with themselves about that joke. (laughs) I think that it is really funny how hard they stick to the the joke of we will not acknowledge the fact that this is fictional. Yes, it's a funny throwaway joke. The problem is when they start dedicating multiple episodes to that one joke. Like, you gotta (laughs) stop, though. Love it. You got to. It's my favorite. Uh, Louisa, do you listen to that show? No, I haven't, ever. Uh, you, you would probably it. enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, we've already had this conversation, and Matt has told me that I would hate it, and I do trust his understanding of my taste, so Louisa, I do think I would hate it. hates nothing more than hearing a bunch of improvisers dick around trying to make up a story. Justin yeah. McElroy was on the newest episode as a as a seafaring Pinocchio. <laughs> well, that okay. sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was very funny. The McElroys, I love them, but they do a lot of things that I don't like, so like they branch out into stuff that I don't find interesting. Although, did you guys think that Travis McElroy was infinitely better as a guest on Punch Up the Jam than Griffin McElroy? Didn't hear it. Uh, yeah, I think Griffin does better when he's in charge than, uh, than he does at, when he's like in someone mm. else's space because he's was, so he's so anxious about not stepping on toes. Whereas Travis is such an obnoxious asshole <laughs> that he can hold his own against any podcast host. Yeah, that might be it. Just getting really quieter and yeah, quieter. you are. Uh, was it a live episode that Travis was on? Uh, no. no, it was not. And I do okay. think that that was a big factor. Okay, I was going to say I think so. Yeah, but I haven't heard it yet. 
Yeah. Also, I think the fact of the matter is that Kiss from a Rose is an infinitely better <laughs> song to parody than um, Send Me On My Way. Yeah. Yeah. Send Me On My Way doesn't bother to have lyrics, basically. Fine. Okay, Jeff, what did you do to get through the week? So I, as as we know in the ongoing saga of me playing video games, one thing I did was I bought a bunch of the Nintendo Online vouchers, mm-hmm. um, and I just spent another, I, well, just, I spent another voucher as soon as I could to pre-order Fire Emblem Three Houses for the Nintendo oh, Switch. Yeah which I started playing uh, the day it came out. I also, like a fool, booked two movies for that morning, so I had to wait until the afternoon to start playing it. Uh, I've been surprised about this one, that I have been... Like, the battling is still, like, really good and compelling and, like, interesting and challenging, even though they... I'm pretty sure that they removed or heavily modified the rock, paper, scissors aspect that was so central to the franchise for many years. Um, That's good, because it was getting a little bit played out. Yeah, I it's mm. it would just be like if if you pick up a Pokemon game and suddenly it doesn't ever say super effective or not very effective, so you're not sure if they still have <laughs> that mechanic in there or not. Oh man, that kind of stinks. I mean, I I think that it's a fine mechanic, but they really I think that they took it too far. I think it was too powerful because there was something very frustrating about having like a a level 45, uh, you know, Pegasus Knight taken down by a level 4 Archer in one shot. Oh, Archers are still uh, good against Flyers, and, like, certain weapons are still good against armor, but it doesn't have, like, lances beat swords, swords beat axes, and axes beat lances. Um, and it's done away with the magic triangle altogether. There's now two types of magic. There's just black magic and holy magic. Oh, I kind of like that triangle, though. It kept everything yeah. interesting, I thought. You know, yeah. you um, but the thing I'm really compelled by in a surprising way is the stuff in between battles. Uh, there's a new explore mode, which I think was... Uh, they sort of combined in Fates, you had your home base that you could walk around between missions. That was I in, assume like, that the explore mode is that you are exploring the sexy body of a lot of, uh, yeah. of hunky <laughs> soldiers. Uh, surprisingly, no. Uh, this is a game that's rated, I think, e- E10+. plus. Uh, maybe T. Hold on. Uh, I thought so the thing about Fire Emblem was being able to romance literally every character. Yeah, yeah right, but you don't explore their bodies. You don't explore their bodies, you just cheekily wink at each other, and then oh, at man. the very end, it, no. might, it might say that you got married. F minus <laughs> minus, not horny enough. Uh, I guess in Awakening and in Fates, you had children that time-traveled from the future to whoever you could, like, if, mm-hmm. when a cu- as soon as a couple got married, to a time portal Johnny opened. Johnny at the prom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, as soon as you... It would be like if instead, Back to the Future just had them getting together, kissing at the prom, and then Marty f- fell out of a time hole and was like, hey guys, I'm here to help you guys fight this. I mean... <laughs> great. I do, I do think that this is, like, kind of a fantasy for the pro-life movement. <laughs> Every time that you're Gross. like, as soon as you get pregnant, your kid shows up and begs you to not... Uh, uh, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Pretty bad. Um, well. Anyway, the the it has like the base aspect from Fates and the like exploring a cave aspect from uh, the one that came right after that. Echoes 
is Shadows of Valentia, hmm. um, where you like you walk around your home base, which is this monastery that has the uh, like officers' academy at it, and you choose one of the three Hogwarts houses at this academy for mm-hmm. Fire Emblem officers, and you like go talk to people. You'll occasionally find lost items, and the, you have to return them to who they belong to with a clue like this probably belongs to someone who cares a lot about fashion. Oh God! Um, and uh, what are the three houses, please? Uh, the three houses are Black Eagle, okay, Golden Deer, and Blue something or other. Uh, the blue ones are the stuck-up nerds, so I don't like them. Um, <laughs> they're they're led. the The blue guy is like a very serious prince, and he's blonde and like handsome. And but the yellow raspberry beret. <laughs> no, the yellow one is really the one that's much more like uh, uh, I prince, got it, prince. <laughs> Prince Nelson, is that uh, Prince's last name? Nelson? I think so, yeah. He is from Um, Minnesota. I believe it is Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) As everyone knows, uh, (laughs) if you're from Minnesota. Um, Anyway, the the yellow one is led by, like, a a sort of... tanned, um, horny rebel-type guy with, like, one braid that hanging over his Prince's ear. That was first album. <laughs> pretty good. Oh, he does look a lot like Prince, and he's the one that everyone online keeps talking about having, a uh, uh, strong bisexual energy, despite the fact that he's not one of the game's very few, um, bisexual characters. Hmm. Uh, and then the house I chose was Black Eagle, the red team. Uh, Is that led- evil? Because it sounds evil. It seems like they're evil. The um, <laughs> okay, like they might be evil, but the the leader of it is like a very self serious heir to an empire, uh, and she's got purple eyes and silver hair. So I had mm-hmm. to choose that one because I always play as the female main character in Fire Emblem games, and uh-huh. she's one of the romance options. One of the very few you just love romancing all the sweaty soldiers. She's one of the very few gay romance options in the game, um, and the girl has more gay romance options than the men, and I like that safe distance I have uh, with a gay romance rather than a straight romance, because then it won't make me feel sad and lonely. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that you feel less gross about being a straight white man looking at two lesbians together than, um, than playing out a fantasy of a, of a male-female romance? Uh, I mean, they don't, like, do anything lewd. It's they just like talk about how they're going to live their lives together and have you someone don't see to how finally that's somehow co- creepier go eat, go eat hamburgers with. Um, oh, hamburgers! <laughs> that would make me feel so lonely if it was a man and a woman, like the type of relationship I have you're access like, that's to. What I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if it's two women, I'm like, I'm so disconnected from this. It's not possible for me to they're, achieve it in real life. They're just gal pals. It's fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. They're wives, and I love them. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Um, I but, love my hamburger wife. <laughs> <laughs> I really like going and like planting crops and talking mm-hmm. to everyone and making friends. All the characters are uh, much more well-realized than in Fates, where a lot of them were, uh, I would say, at best, uh, troubling caricatures. Um, of yeah. that, that weird, uh, the, there's a weird one in Awakening and Fates who is a stalker who will stalk your main character in a very creepy way, uh, but because she's a goth girl, uh, the creators, I guess, were just like, well, it's fine, it's a fun joke. 
Yeah, there's a lot I of that do, in anime. <clears throat> I do like the fact that Fire Emblem is like, hey, this this game is very steeped in uh, Asian culture and sort of power dynamics and stuff. Oh, you want us to adapt this to be accessible to a Western audience? No. <laughs> Fuck off, actually. <laughs> yeah, they. it's that, the, like, strong tie to, um... I, it's like the most Japanese of all of Nintendo's franchises, which I yes. think is why they've been the least uh, accommodating about allowing queer relationships into the series. Um, mm-hmm. This one has, I think, the most of any of them, and still, like, one option for the male main character and three for the female main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty crazy, um, but it's still because... Um, homosexuality and gay marriage are very taboo in Japan, I think. Um, although, I will say, Nintendo in all of their games, when you can choose the gender of your main character, has switched to what do you look like or choose your character's like appearance rather mm-hmm. than are you a boy or a girl, which yeah. I think is a very good step. In this one, it just says, uh, choose your form. Although it is weird with Dragon Quest Builders, which we are all playing now, that when you go to your save file, like it says, Louisa, female, and then the date of my last save. <laughs> like, it yeah. puts that right in there for some reason. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing about, um, I think, a lot of other game developers, is they're still very into, like, the gender of the character you're playing as is so important, and I think Nintendo's loosened up on that a little bit. It reminds me of, mm-hmm. you guys remember in the 90s when every video game from Japan had the blood type of all of the characters listed? Right, yes. yeah. Because that, that's, of that's, the weird superstitious beliefs about your personality being influenced by your blood type in I read an interesting uh, thing about that from a blogger who was, uh, she was a Japanese woman, her family is from Japan, she spent her childhood there, but then they moved to New York when she was a teen, so, like, she's pretty familiar with American culture as well, and she says she thinks that that became such a big thing, because you can't have stereotypes based around, like, eye or hair color, really, in Japan, so it became stereotypes based around blood type, which is pretty fascinating. So. Yeah, I, I I think that it's it's interesting to see the type of prejudices that pop up in a, like, mostly uh, mono-ethnic uh, society. Yeah. Like, there is still a little bit of, like, regional uh, discrimination, and, like, there are some ethnic minorities uh, But we have Japan, so much but... more time now to hate the Klingons instead. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were learning Klingon. I thought we were being accepting now. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jeff, that... is it your homework assignment to learn Klingon? Uh, yeah, I learned Klingon, and I, I, said a cur- I said a curse word to Worf, and now we're at war. Sorry. Uh, that that makes sense, though. Yeah. Right. It's fair. I feel like that was going to happen regardless. You shouldn't blame yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh, I did look up the curse words to say that would make him feel most bad. And, uh, well, yeah, that's so it's normal. on you I mean, That's bit. like the first page of a Klingon dictionary. Yeah. It <laughs> These says are the you... ones that would make Worf feel most bad, it says. <laughs> yeah, because he's such an exile from Klingon society. Yeah, everyone hates him so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stupid. Um, yeah. Did everybody go? Yes. Okay. Hooray. So, wait, what? It. Let's all go. I, I okay. said hooray. Yeah. I was trying to encourage you, but you... Oh, uh, I thought it sounded like you asked a question. Oh, no. Uh, I, I've pasted the wiki into our, our chat. We got the Valiant Comics wiki. Does anyone know what that means? Yes. Uh, Valiant Comics is a... It's like one of oh, those comics... Kind of- universes that popped up in the 80s-ish mm-hmm. um, that uh, re- v- like within the past 10 years got a reboot that was very critically lauded. Hmm. 
Um, yeah. And c- it continues. Uh, people really like Archer and Armstrong, which goes through, uh, like, has a mini series every once in a while. It's like a comedy superhero thing. These and guys people- do Tarak the Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah. Let me read the thing. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so the background I see on one side, it's always edited where it's a picture, but like, it's, it's a person, but I can only see their arm and the, a very slivery side of their face. I can't see their face at all. It's someone in black and white, maybe wearing a military uniform. There's bullet holes and blood on the concrete wall behind them. And he's the also holding side, a bloody katana, and only his face is black and white, which makes you think he's some kind of vampire man. Uh, I can't see that much of him. And then on the other side, I've got a uh, dark scene of someone dressed like a ninja, maybe. Their whole face is covered except for their eyes and their hair. Update, I believe that this vampire man is named Bloodshot, and he is a super soldier with nanites in his bloodstream to give him a variety of powers. I, okay, I, so. think, I, I think that that ninja guy is Ninjack. Okay, so. <laughs> Are you just making that up, or is that real? No, that's Let me the read guys. this fucking thing already. Um, uh. Alright, welcome to the Valiant Comics database. Everything is in, a, in an Art Deco font. The Valiant V is very Art Deco. Uh, the Valiant Universe is a shared superhero universe originally created by Jim Shooter's Valiant Comics in 1991. It features many popular heroes and teams like Archer and Armstrong, Bloodshot, Harbinger, uh, Ninjack, oh you're right, Ninjack, Shadow Man, and XO Manowar. Despite uh, going out of business in the late 90s, Valiant has experienced huge critical acclaim since Valiant Entertainment has rebooted the universe in 2012. Most recently, DMG Entertainment has purchased Valiant Entertainment in 2018 with the intention of creating an expansive cinematic universe for the beloved characters. Quick note, as we know, I don't read comics, but I feel like I have a pretty good general grasp of what's in pop culture. I have never heard of a single one of these characters. Uh, yes. I... Well, Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, pardon Right. Yes, those I are those are in a different section. Those are under licensed characters. I don't yes. think that they were original Valiant guys. Yeah. The ones that are listed as popular, I don't know any of those. Uh, they were from... They're, I think, yeah, they're from Gold Key Comics. Uh, Turok, Magnus, the Magnus Robot Fighter, and Solar Man of the Atom are from a, a different universe that Valiant, like, purchased. Huh. I like the idea of Magnus Robot Fighter. You see a guy smashing up a robot. <laughs> yeah. I um I read a I think Gold Key comic maybe published by a different publisher that had a a stage magician who does real magic and I forget the name of him already. Guys, I clicked through the Exo Mano War thing to try to figure out I wanted to know if he was actually an executive officer of something like that that could be a cool name for a character that is also that thing. Mm-hmm. He's a Viking. <laughs> Whoa, awesome. <laughs> no, not awesome. <laughs> He's the oh, heir man. to the throne of the Visigoth people. Don't know what that means. I don't think that they were united under a single king, but no, fine. I don't think they have a throne. <laughs> yeah, uh, a brutal encounter with a mysterious enemy leaves him a prisoner on an alien world. Uh, okay. And he has to seize a weapon of incalculable destruction to become Exo Mano War. No explanation of how he got to the modern day, I assume. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's this weird robot man with a laser sword in 402 AD. That would be awesome. <laughs> be I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I made a mistake earlier when I said Archer and Armstrong was the fun comedy one. I was thinking of Quantum and Woody. That one has gotten a critical acclaim as a, a fun comedy series. All right, I don't see that one anywhere. Uh, that oh, is I do on, see it. They have yeah. a goat. Yep. Uh, the guy looks Faith, like Deadpool. 
Faith is another one that has been, uh, like, very recently popular, because uh, the main character is uh, uh, a fat lady instead of, you know... Oh, yeah, I see her. A slim, like... The the penciler draws the figure naked, and then it's up to the colorist to make them not be naked. <laughs> yeah, like we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks fun. She's a woman flying. She's got, like, white robes, and her hair is glowing gold. Yeah. I do uh, like how the fact that no one really understands what the word quantum means mm-hmm. really lends itself <laughs> to people calling things quantum in comic books in a way that is inaccurate and hilarious. Mm-hmm. I I extremely like that because uh, it it like fits right alongside um, like gamma and cosmic. Yes, all of those other things it's like a type of ray. You know, there's a yeah. ray that you get hit by, and it's quantum. Yeah, and maybe well, it turns you into a rock man, or maybe it makes your bones all noodly. <laughs> Nobody can say. It reminds me a lot of reading. I read the first issue of Iron Man a long time ago because I was very curious about it, and it it talks so much about how his powers come from transistors. <laughs> He built he built transistors into his suit because they are this miraculous new technology that multiplies your strength. Mm-hmm. That's not what transistors do, and yeah. the fact that that was like the cutting edge technology that no one understood is hilarious. You in the just, same way that quantum is that now. So you could make a suit by just gluing a bunch of radios together is what I hear. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's like how uh, every everything about cyberpunk was like, ooh, everything's a microchip. You put a microchip in your ear and it lets you control the whole internet from your mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's because true. that was just the newest thing. Yeah, it's weird that that was the one that was true. Yeah. Yeah, that actually turned out to be real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I never read a single Valiant comic in my life, despite hearing good things, because mm -hmm. uh, I was wrong wrong about it being an 80s thing. It was an early 90s thing, which is the only period of comics worse than the 80s. Yeah. Were they all drawn by the same artist the whole time? Because the pictures on the main page all look like they might have been drawn by the same artist. Looks like they have a house style, for sure. Um, But I, I don't think that they were all created. By okay. I want to look up creators like who who um maybe someone did like publicity shots of all of them so you could put them all together and they would look I, the same. I like I clicked through to the Doctor Mirage page and I do like her like that the sort of glamour shot of her with the weird ghost man behind her is that her thing that she secretly doesn't have any power she has a ghost who does stuff for her? apparently mm. she's a former TV personality and paranormal investigator mm. uh, who inherited from her deceased husband uh, oh she inherited the name Dr. Mirage from her deceased husband (sighs) whose ghost is now always with her and communicates but they cannot see or touch each other Oh, they can see and communicate, but not touch each other. Okay. I was going to say, if they can't communicate, see, or touch each other, (laughs) then in no way are they really together. That's just the movie Uh, Are you telling me that she's not a real doctor? They didn't even let this woman be a doctor? (laughs) That she just, her husband was a doctor? Uh, She is a doctor, but the the name Dr. Mirage, actually, it seems like he wasn't a doctor. He was a superhero (laughs) with the name Dr. Mirage. (laughs) Pretty good. He inherited the title when he married her. (laughs) Well, I think he was like, 
Dr. Fate or whatever. Actually, I think he's a doctor of Egyptology or something. Uh, you know what? The uh, the series I read that is, it was, it used these gold key characters like Turok and Magnus Robot Fighter, but was not a, uh, it, I don't think it was a Valiant comic. It's called Dr. Spectre. And it's about a stage magician who also does Indiana Jones stuff. Is he a person who fights robots or a robot that fights? Uh, he, he lives in a future that's been taken over by robots and he has the ability to fist fight them. <laughs> don't we all have the ability to fist fight them? <laughs> nope, Not effectively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he's one of the he's he all those guys are from earlier. Magnus Robot Fighter is from the sixties. So that's why he's much uh stupider in a different way than those yes. other guys who are all called like blood gun. Yeah, I like that that way of stupid a lot more to be yeah. honest. And the picture yeah, of him I flying agree. through the air punching a robot apart. He's wearing like a singlet or something. He does have a very old fashioned look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was a lot more where we're like, we gotta uh, capture the the magic of Flash Gordon yeah. instead of instead of oh man, everybody really likes those hardcore X Men that kill people. Yeah, everyone Let's loves fucking Spawn. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. This actually, uh, I think, if it launched in 1991, that's the same year that Image Comics launched, as far as I know, mm. uh, with with Spawn and Young Blood and um, you know all those other ones everyone's heard of. <laughs> sure. I've never- I've never even heard of Youngblood. <laughs> I wish that someone would do a reboot of, like, Fantastic Four or one of the mainstream comics and do it in the style of these 60s comics. Like, just do a whole run of it all in the style of how it was when it first started coming out. That's what I want the inevitable movie to be. Yeah, although I feel like Marvel has really... Uh, fucked up their chance to get nostalgia right so many times. I would like to see them do a Fantastic Four movie um, ideally directed by someone like Brad Bird, who already has a lot of um, weird nostalgia for the 60s that makes everyone uncomfortable. (laughs) And then at the end they just get uh, launched into the negative zone so that they can be in the modern day. Yeah, because what we really need in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is more fish out of water. Mm, yeah, it's, it's worked every time. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. It's never not been a wild success for them. <laughs> All right, let me hit you guys with a random page. Okay, All right, I'm give ready. it to us. Okay, so I got Ganymede Moon. Oh, Ganymede Jupiter Three is the largest and most massive moon of Jupiter and in the solar system. The ninth largest object in the solar system, it is the largest without a substantial atmosphere. In Valiant Comics, the people of Ganymede are part of the Jovian Republics. That's it. No other notes, trivia, residence, gallery, (laughs) appearances, or anything. Oh, I really like, I already like how substantial this wiki is, because I was looking at, I clicked on a a link, and it it took me to a page for a character called Nudist Cowboy, who was a copyright-dodging version of the naked cowboy, that busker who just wears his underwear and plays country music. Uh, (laughs) There was no information. He only appeared in one panel of one issue once. It's weird. Yeah. I do like the fact that at the bottom of this Ganymede page, there's mm-hmm. an external links section that links to the Wikipedia page for Ganymede, a real moon that really exists. And really, yeah. you didn't need most of the stuff on this page because you're already linking to that. I don't yeah. like how it didn't bother explaining uh, it's the largest without a substantial atmosphere, and then there are people on it. Are there? Are there people on it? <laughs> you didn't explain any of how that works. 
Well, yeah, it's weird that they mixed in the fictional stuff with the non-fictional stuff. Why, like, why would you do it I mean, that way? Now you're just describing science fiction, yeah. <laughs> right, but like, like a- in this in this world, it does have an atmosphere because people live there. Well, no, it's probably in a bubble. Come on, guys, you've read books, okay. right? Well, then, you know, mention the bubble. Take Fair one shake. more sentence. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do like it has stats, like a lot of pages do for characters. Full name, oh, what's Ganymede. its power rating? Yeah. Alias is Jupiter 3. <laughs> That's a pretty Funny. wild thing to say. Um, factor. Infinite. <laughs> universe, real world. Ooh. Graphics, good. <laughs> Fun factor. <laughs> <Yeah>. Zero. <laughs> Interactivity, yes. <laughs> uh, oh dumb. my god, we can leave comments on these pages. You oh, guys. fuck yes. Okay, hold on. Okay, alright. Okay, I got it. How do they live there without an atmosphere? Post comment. I wrote, best moon 2019! Three exclamation points. (laughs) Uh, I'm writing, I'm over the moon for this colony! (laughs) Exclamation point. I wonder if like Gene Shallot style puns when we (laughs) do comments. I told you I want to start a movie review (laughs) thing that's just that. I wonder if anyone responded to our comments on those other wikis where we commented on that I don't remember the uh, wikis or the pages. Yeah, (laughs) was the baseball wiki. Was it just baseball, though? That's the tricky thing. Who cares? Yeah. Listen, uh, we can't look back. We have to keep moving that's forward. True. We have to find out about more, more about moons or whatever is going on here. Yep. I, I also got a random page. Okay. Uh, I put it in there. I got Faith Dreamside, Volume 1, Issue 3. Oh, okay. It's, here we go. It's written on there as Faith, colon, Dreamside, Vol 1, Space 3. Because I guess you can't put special characters in the uh, title except for, like, colons and stuff. Hmm. I like that this character, Faith, does not have a traditional comic book woman body, mm-hmm. which gets very tiresome how everyone has, like, a torso that's so thin that it's thinner than their arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like it, too. I she's th- just kind of like a future doctor, and that seems weird to me. Yeah, I hear that the comic's very good. I haven't heard about Faith, uh, this Dreamside miniseries, but it's written by Jody Hauser, who does a pretty good job with those Star Wars comics I like to read, so it's probably good. Hmm. Um, you gotta tell us about this page? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> it starts with a quote from Dr. Mirage. The dead side is made of countless realms. Countless of realms, Faith. Each one different, operating under its own laws. It's more than anyone could hope to study in a lifetime. No pun intended. I don't get where the pun would yeah, be. What, what was dead I, side, lifetime, dead life. Okay. Maybe. Maybe yeah. Faith's superpower is that she can't die or something. Hmm. Is it? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Hold on, I'm clicking on her page now. Uh, for some reason, featured characters, it lists Faith Herbert slash Summer Smith. Is Faith two people? Oh, that's a good question. Also, uh, her superhero no, code Summer name Smith is... Summer Smith is her alter ego. Okay, her superhero code name is Zephyr. She has three names? Why? What's happening? She used to be a part of a supergroup as Zephyr, and now she's on her own as Faith, apparently. I see. Okay. That's weird. Oh, um, she's a okay. journalist in the daytime with an alter ego of Summer Smith, so like a tabloid journalist, maybe? Maybe. Mm. Her, uh, okay, her powers are, one, self-propelled flight, fine. Two, companion field. What no does that further mean? explanation. 
Uh, I'm looking at the page for Zephyr, and it seems like this was the 90s version, and she was uh-huh. drawn in a way where it was probably supposed to be a funny joke that she's fat. Okay. Uh, so it feels yeah. it feels nice that they would uh, take that and reboot it in, in a positive way to like make up for the fact that it was bad before. I guess so. I guess we can't get away from things being remade. Like, there can't just be a new person who starts that way. It has to be, like, a reboot of, uh, this was uh, making fun of a marginalized person in the past, but now it's not anymore. Congratulations. I like the idea of trying to redeem a concept, especially because, like, probably not Faith because she was not popular enough, but, like, there are plenty of characters like that who were um, meaningful to people who belonged to the group that was both being represented and denigrated by the character. Yeah. It's still a yeah, shame, though. I understand sad. what you're saying, but it is so a shame. Sad. <laughs> it, it just feels like, yeah, let's reboot it to be actually empowering instead of a bummer. Yeah, or why not let a person, for instance, a non-white person, create a new character and then have that be the interesting... Like, why not... Why do that instead of, like, trying to clean up the one you made in the 70s as a black exploitation character, you know? That's actually an interesting thing that um, creators are often hesitant to create new characters because they don't get good licensing deals from that. Yeah, I bet. Like, they have to put in all the work of creating something new, but they don't get, like anything from it, so they if they're going to create a new character, they usually do that independently after they've established themselves writing on existing characters. Yeah, so capitalism is destroying creativity is what you're saying, and I agree. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) Very good. We're all on the same page. Cool. Uh, Who is typing so much? What's happening? It's Matt. I'm Um, typing my comment into the page. I'm looking at a page, apparently there's a series called Valiant High, where all the characters are high schoolers. It's written by Daniel Kibblesmith and drawn by uh, Derek Charm, who, um, if you read comics, you probably know as someone who drew a lot of Archies before they did the gritty reboot to that. this is so boring. Why are you (laughs) saying this? Who cares? Because uh, I think it's very funny that this thing became popular enough that they were like, let's do a spinoff where they're all in high school. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway, uh, I wrote my comment on the page, which is, it may have been the third part in the series, but it's the first part in my heart. Do you ever feel like you're being too insincere? <laughs> yes, <you're> always. <laughs> Uh, what can I say that's sincere? Mm. I told you that my brand for these comments is going to be aggressively upsetting positivity. (laughs) Okay, so, um, other characters, and there's a whole list. The one that there's two that don't have a, uh, link to the page, and those two... I I can't believe the thing you're going to talk about here isn't that Guillermo del Toro is listed. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Frank is listed. Yeah, that, I was getting there, you guys just totally undercut me. A couple weeks ago, when I was trying to build up to announcing the Savannah Bananas, you just said it in the middle of my sentence about the Chicago Cubs, so I don't want to hear it, buddy. The what? (laughs) (laughs) That must have been Matt, because I don't know what that is. You go back and listen. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, Savannah Bananas, while I was saying the Chicago Cubs. (laughs) I've never heard of that, so I don't know how I could have done that. Yeah, but, I mean, in your defense, you've forgotten every episode of this podcast prior to the one we're doing right now. I guess so. Um, so, 
Faith's deceased parents don't get a link, but mm-hmm. Lisa Frank and Guillermo del Toro do, although I clicked through and disappointingly it just links to their Wikipedia articles. Yeah, it'd be nice to say why they're linked. I guess you yes. have to already know that, which they're, is kind they're of mentioned. Wikipedia to let you know those things. And it says they're all mentioned in this comic, so... Uh, dead locations, dead side, and then in parentheses, Lisa Frank themed. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> so I like whatever that is. Is she yeah. dead? Uh, no, I'm guessing that there's a Lisa Frank themed version of whatever dead side is. That is pretty cool. I bet that, uh, comic run is amazing. Uh, dead side is a mystic realm where the souls of human beings go after they die. I feel oh. like, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like Faith's thing maybe is in this series, or whatever you would call it, going to different worlds, and then they're done in different styles, which seems real fun. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Shadow Man lives in Dead... Uh, well, he protects us from creatures trying to escape Dead Side. So he's so. just Spawn. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Right? I mean, isn't that Spawn's entire deal? I have no idea what Spawn's deal is. He's he's like, he went to hell and then came back to protect Earth from hell? Mm, who hasn't these days? Well... Uh, they were actually created the same year, Spawn, May 1992, and Shadow Man, uh, May 1992. Uh, so they appeared at the same time, doing the same thing and looking somewhat similar. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, I found a panel in the, the images from this comic where Faith is saying, Huh, I thought death would be more Guillermo del Toro, del Toro and less Lisa Frank. Oh, oh wow, on. it's all there in once. There you go. Pretty good. That's fun. Oh, and there's Dr. Mirage. Wow, she looks cool. <laughs> she looks like someone from Mass Effect or something. Yep. I like these cute flowers that are that like being sniffed. This comic is probably good, right? <laughs> it looks like yeah, it's probably good. Maybe. Uh, I think I'm actually going to go onto the library website and see if I can get a, a Faith comic. Okay, <laughs> while you're I... doing that, I also got a random page. Wait, did you guys put comments? I did. I said I love Faith's hair, because I just wanted to be sincere about something. Oh, okay. I can't. <laughs> okay. <my> defense mechanism. <laughs> uh, okay, I got a page for a character called Humimic. Ooh. Uh, which is from the Magnus Robot Fighter series. And it is a robot that they designed to look more like humans. Mm. It says, The humanic movement leads many free will robots in the 41st century to alter themselves so that they look more like humans, a.k.a. meat bodies. Some just Mm. wear, just start to wear human clothing. Others have altered their bodies. For instance, Tekla. That's actually quite fun. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't that's... know that much about it, and probably they don't do it in as fun a way as I wish they would, but I would love it if there was a panel in this of, like, a car manufacturer robot wearing, like, culottes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking yeah. at, I'm looking at the, like, image at the top, and there's a bunch of, like, 50s-style, like, they basically look like the thing Bender is a parody of. Yeah. Um, pointing at an all-gold-looking uh, nude male figure. A C-3PO. Uh, yeah, uh, like, <laughs> like, even smoother than C-3PO, mm-hmm. even more human-looking, wearing a red necktie, saying, and that dangling neck adornment is the perfect accessory. I can hardly wait for my appointment to be hue-mimicked. Yeah, so this <laughs> is, is what I was talking about when I said they probably aren't going to do it in the way that I want. Because I don't... Like, that is a... That is barely even a joke. That's stupid. But I do think that if just, like, 
as Magnus Robot Fighter is going around fighting robots, he walks past, like, a self-driving car that's wearing a hat. <laughs> like, the, the yeah. robots have been tr- are just, like, so... That is a movement, like, being a goth, but for yeah. robots. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I do uh, like that. I love the idea that the robots don't look like people, but they want to. That's yeah. so fun. That's what uh, Bicentennial Man was about. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they've had to put a human dick on him for some reason. <laughs> I mean, that's the first step to looking like a human, as far as I can tell. That will never be any less funny. I'm never going to see that movie. <laughs> I've seen it, and it, that does happen in it. All yeah. of the flat yes. puts a real dick on Robin Williams. <laughs> Like, oh man, you look so lifelike. Take those pants off. Let me see that human dick. And he's going, oh no, I haven't had my human appointment yet. I mean, I think that this is probably been talked about on every yeah. podcast, but it's like the ultimate in movie editing that they never once mentioned the fact that Oliver Platt had to sculpt a dick for Robin Williams. Like, with his human hands, he had to spend hours, if not days, of making a dick for Robin Williams. Why hours or days? They just produce him in a factory now. What? Not, <laughs> not like several robots yeah. to human dick? There has to be a prototype, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and it was I him. Mean, That's the premise of the movie. <laughs> they, they would just they would just, like, 3D print human skin on a real doll dick, right? <laughs> Even if that's true, that still requires some Design? <laughs> yeah. 99% invisible, Jeff. Come on. I'm Listen, saying. I, I know someone who works for the company that makes real dolls, and uh-huh. as far as I can tell, they just have, like, a Looney Tunes factory stamping those things out 24-7. <laughs> yes, yeah, but, but somebody made the first one, is the thing. Right. And somebody had to design all of those rubber dicks, and that's, like a sort of weird thing that somebody was like, mm, does this vein go here or there? Like, yes, weird. But they weren't trying to make it look like a real functional dick. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. the fact that this needed to be a dick that gets soft and hard and could, f- could trick someone into thinking it's a human dick, all I'm saying is, you should have had a scene in that movie where Oliver Platt is nude and there's a hand mirror covering his crotch <laughs> and he's like at a designing board and just keeps looking down at the mirror to try get reference. He's like chiseling marble. Yeah! That would have been hilarious! I was gonna say, somebody could just make a plaster cast, but apparently no. They have to do it in freehand, right? Yes, of course! <laughs> Look, he's Pretty not good. trying to make a copy of his own dick for Robin Williams. He's making a whole new dick. Yeah, um, it's basically it's inspired by. Know. Yeah, it's yes. inspired by his dick. What'd you say, Jeff? I said it's inspired by his yeah, dick. Yeah, exactly. It's based on the true dick. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, God. That way they don't have to license the dick's life rights. They're just saying that it's inspired by that dick. Right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I didn't man. know. I didn't know Bicentennial Man was, one, 20 years old this year, and two, directed by Chris Columbus. Oh, what are you guys doing to celebrate? <laughs> uh, it's the bi-decennial of Bicentennial Man. <laughs> Is it because he's 200 years old at the end? Is that why he's I the Bicentennial so, yeah. Man? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think so. he lives for 200 years. It's okay. based on uh, two Isaac Asimov stories. Yes. Weird. But neither of them involve having a real human dick. 
I get it completely confused in my mind with a movie I have seen, which is the one with uh, Haley Joel Osment as a robot. What was that called? AI. AI. Yes. That movie sucks ass. Yeah. I hate it. I saw it. It was they terrible. They both sucked ass. No one's debating that. <laughs> right. But like AI, you can see where it would be good, which is it ends with him underwater staring at a statue and then the credits roll. Oh, yeah. But then they add, there's a whole half an hour of movie where he like wakes up and gets to meet his mom and it's happy and then it ends. Yeah. Is it possible that those are just the bloopers during the credits? <laughs> These are his uh, dreams as his circuitry starts stops yeah. working. Yeah. You could you could recut AI to be uh, watchable if not if not good. Probably not good, but you know. Yeah. All right, uh, I left my comment on the humimic movement. Oh no, what'd you right. say? Was it about human dicks? <laughs> no, I said, is this robot named Hugh? I don't get it. <laughs> I want to, I'm just going to comment, did they win? Did, did they win? Did uh, they win? What are the they trying to win? Human war? I don't know, but did they? <laughs> I'm going to write something about human dicks and see if it gets deleted. <laughs> Lisa, with your transgressive comedy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're so edgy. <clears throat> I am now in feeling inspired to go read some Valiant comics. Oh, looks like you've got a new homework assignment now that you've mastered Klingon. Yeah, uh, let me go to queenslibrary.org. I'm gonna do it this time, just to spite you. Okay, fair enough. We'll see if you can finish reading all of Faith before I finish watching all of Cleopatra 2525. <laughs> I've done probably much easier so far. Mm, pretty good. Let's see, Faith Valiant. Sir. Although, I just found out when I was trying to determine if it was a joke or not, that series... Uh, I just found out that the second season episodes extended to an hour long. <laughs> no! Why? <laughs> they can barely hold together for 22 minutes! <laughs> That's a pretty wild thing for a show to do. I've heard of ones that cut down the season or the length of episode, yeah. but I've never heard anything go this up. This show should have cut down from 22 minutes to five! <laughs> There's nothing there! Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, well, so have we gotten to the bottom of it? Why is Valiant so much less popular than Image? Is it because they're not as good? Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> yeah, I, capitalism I, always works. It tells you what's the best thing. <laughs> I, I read about how um, Image tried to intentionally title their comics so they would appear on the shelf near the comics that the authors were well known for. Oh, like Spa Spawn would be right next to Spider-Man and Youngblood would be right next to X-Men huh. and uh, that type of thing. Huh. Um, I'm not sure if that's true, but it seems likely, if not uh, if not probable. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Makes some sense. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, my dead. comment my comment was, do these robots have human dicks or what? And that was it. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can see that um, they don't. Though. And The Walking Dead, of course, was right next to The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead did not start until, like, 2004, so it's I not know. one of the originals anyway. Uh, it's almost like I was making a joke for our comedy podcast. Mm, I don't believe in that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright guys, well thanks for listening to our show If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes And uh, please tell your friends about us That's the best way we can grow um, If you want to get in touch with us You can email us, seeingreddit at gmail.com Or you can find us on Twitter At HackTheNetPod If you want to find me, I'm on Mastodon At MattHeron at Mastodon.cloud I'm also on Mastodon Mastodon.cloud slash at JK You can go to Instagram or Snapchat 
the username on both of those is Jeff J K J E F F J K. I know people will message me and be like, "This is you're from the podcasts," and I'll be like, "Yes." Like, okay, I had trouble understanding your name. Uh, that's fine. I do speak fast. It is my first name and then my middle and last initials. Uh, you can Jeff, also are you shrinking. Yeah, yes. Jeff sounds like getting he's getting further so and further quiet. away. Uh, yeah, I am. I was. Um, that is. Uh, that's everything I have to say. <sighs> All right. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Come and talk to me. Be my friend. We'll talk about comics if you want. I love having conversations where I have to fake my knowledge of the half of the conversations <laughs> I'm having. So please go right ahead. <laughs> I, I'm doubting your sincerity a little bit. No, I'm totally sincere. I love that feeling. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> you're not going to hide from that like you're living some lie fantasy. It is fun to see how long it can take mm-hmm. before the person that you're talking to gets very angry at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if you want to get join our Discord, you can message any of us on Mastodon and we can hook you up so that you can right. talk with us about our show That's- and how you think it's bad and it could be better if we stop talking over Louisa, which seems to be yes. the overwhelming feedback we get. I'm it's the not on purpose. Thank you. We were raised in a patriarchy. It's not our fault. <laughs> Jeff's turning into a corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff might be a bot now. <laughs> no, it's not our fault that we disrespect Louisa. We talk over women because we're trained to. <laughs> I'm not. I'm unwilling to change. I visited that subreddit that recommended. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're saying this as you're getting quieter and quieter. I'm not speaking quieter and quieter. I, I think the microphones are just doing that. And I'm I know, sure but it listener- does sound like you're yelling it as you're walking out of the room. I'm sure the listener won't even notice any of this because it'll all be the same volume. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, guys. So I hope you like the show, and I hope you come back next week. But in the meantime, please don't forget about us, your net nannies. Delete your account. Get ready for jazz.